The harsh Georgian winter is cold. The bald moves lineup is high. The Americans, Justified, Better Call Saul, The Walking Dead, and Dalton Abbey featuring Tom and Kelly. Lava Hot Podcast pouring into your ear holes like molten tungsten. Podcast so insanely hot, they'll melt your face off. Oh, God. Aaron's stuck in announcer mode again. Please help me. I can't stop. That sounds really painful. My heart is a cherry bomb, and my vocal cords are being shredded like so much frosted wheat. I'll go get the Xanax and alpaca tranquilizers. Visit baldmove.com and click on podcast for our complete lineup. Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we are discussing the Series 2 finale series. What am I, British? The Season <laughs> 2 finale, Episode 13, entitled ABQ. Uh, this is also known as the one that Aaron has a massive problem with. The Aaron wa- Aaron's Waterloo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we will talk, I'm sure, in depth about that. If you haven't picked it up... Let's talk a little bit about the episode titles up front, yeah? Um, so if you think back of all the episodes, they began with the black and white teddy bear footage in the pool, mm-hmm. the body bags and all that, the broken glass, the broken eyeglasses. They are four episodes, and they form a sequence of words that say 737 down over ABQ. Um, this Wayfair uh, collision was between a 737 and some other aircraft. It might have been two 737s. I think we get a definitive answer. Um, Not too much of a spoiler, but we hear a news report early in next (laughs) season that tells us exactly the details about, you know, the the aircraft involved. But no one, no one, I I was confident in my research, no one at the time called that. And I will say that Villigan did a masterful job of hiding the meaning of the titles in plain sight. Yeah. Because every single one of them, 737, it was Walt talking about 737,000. Down, it was like the literal down point in their career over. It was him grappling whether he was out of the drug. I mean, every one of them. And then ABQ, it's Albuquerque. So no sure. one suspected. Yeah. Um, I would, I would, I would argue that part of that is because this is a massive bait and switch. <laughs> Oh, you want to just jump right into it, huh? I yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. Um, season two is incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. I have walked yeah. away with a much um I have you know, I'm no longer afraid to rewatch season two because it's very rewatchable. Mm-hmm. This episode is really incredibly strong with a lot of solid emotional material. I was misty-eyed at at least two, maybe three, I can't remember, three Jesse scenes. and Skyler, yeah. Jesse and Skyler. <laughs> Not together. Those those couple of scenes. Yeah. Jesse in the flop house, Skyler at the end. And Jesse with, trying to desperately resuscitate uh, Jane. Uh, okay. uh, n- honestly, Donald Margulies Donald walking going, into the house. And, and going through yeah. and trying to pick out a dress for his daughter. Uh, some devastating stuff to the point where 
I felt like the plane crash is a, like if you take the black and white sequences and the plane crash out of Breaking Bad, nothing in the story changes. It's not like these these plane crash echoes down through the annals of Breaking Bad. I, I hope that's not a spoiler. But if it is, I'm going to reassure you that this is not a giant, meaningful watershed event in Breaking Bad history. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was more surprised because I did some in I did some reading into critical reviews, and it doesn't seem like a lot of the critics. Alan Sepinwall might have had the biggest, but he was speaking of a hypothetical third person fan that would be disappointed that this was the resolution of all those black and white footages and the double body bags and he was talking about you he was talking about me the 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 theoretical yeah. aaron uh-huh. that did in fact exist <laughs> and vince gilligan basically put on a troll face and said oh well you know uh, cause I read like a, an interview with him with Zeppenwall where they, he asked him about that in different angles and, you know, I didn't find his answers convincing, but then again, I'm on the side that wouldn't. Um, so we'll talk more about that, but I, I feel like if you take out those openings that I think are grossly misleading and invited people to, ha- to have the wrong opinion on stuff and you take out the plane crash itself, although I was also more surprised at how technically well done it was. Hmm. Um, I remember okay. part of me, because I was just, when I saw the plane crash happening and realized that that's what it was, mm-hmm. and I think I was kind of preemptively pissed off when I saw the van pull away at the beginning when, when it goes from black and white to color and it says NTSB, and I'm like, wait a second, a plane crash? Mm-hmm. And when I saw it unfolding, I was just incredulous. I, I remember thinking the effects work was kind of jank. But seeing it no, in crystal clear high def, it looks really, really like I would expect this thing to look like. Yeah, and, and they did some really interesting stuff with you know teddy bear cam and yes, all that stuff that I liked a lot. Yes, they did. They they really went for broke on this. And one thing that I think is the best theory, I, I saw this on Reddit because there's a person ranting and raving, kind of like me, about like this doesn't make sense and. If you put this in context of a show that was struggling to get a million people to watch it, <laughs> and Vince wasn't sure if he would get another season, if you try to view this as a finale, a series finale, mm-hmm. something that's like wraps up thing and, and makes a statement, I think the plane crash works a little bit better as like an exclamation part. Like Walt ha- apparently has escaped judgment. He's beat the cancer. He's got the well, money. He doesn't have his family, though. His but family just it. left him. His family has been ripped away, and then yeah. literal fire from heaven rains down on him. I kind of could get behind that thematically. As it is, as we know what Breaking Bad I mean, goes I, on to be, it just mm-hmm. is annoyance to me. I, I don't know where you're going with the fire from heaven. Uh, I, I, it ties in a little bit with what the villain has said about the bear, which we'll get to. But I, I, I see it like I, I buy the argument that this is a reflection of the thing, the the devastation that he is bringing to people's lives. Oh, in his his postmortem, he said that it was I he intended it to be interpreted as like a, a act of God, a mm-hmm. vengeful God taking taking vengeance upon Walter White. Well, then he has since changed his opinion in interviews because I have a choice quote from him at the very end of this. Okay. Uh, 
which we'll talk and about. Maybe Let's... it could be because Sepinwall led him into that question. I will say that because he oh, said, really? yeah, he mentioned the act of God. And okay. then Vince was kind of, and I don't know, he's, he, we talked about him being a kind of a nice guy. Sometimes um, he doesn't want to shit on his. Eh, it just maybe it's like he's just going to go like, okay, sure. So I'm, I'm just saying I mean, that's God, the God one. Is still mixed up in his ideas of what happened at the end, but okay, th- there's it doesn't seem that there's a purpose there. So like I said, if Breaking Bad was going to be canceled and mm-hmm. they wanted something that was kind of a satisfying bookend that it would leave people stunned and not necessarily really cliffhangers, yeah, that's. That that kind of works for me. I wonder if that in any way affected what happens with him and Skylar too, and kind of pushed them into uh, her leaving. I don't know. Um, I do think that in that light, um, there was certainly some bad taste in my mouth going into season three, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll probably talk about more of that in season three, but I'm going to kind of t- talk about my problems with the early goings of Breaking Bad. Like Breaking Bad was, I thought, in danger of becoming – this show built on just far out coincidences and jumping out, the shark out yeah, yeah like they've lost sight of what they and it turns out they weren't but i feel like i might now that i've kind of made peace with this plane crash when i go and, and we eventually get to the season three uh rewatch mm-hmm. which we don't have an exact date yet no promises uh we're we're leaning towards doing it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think yeah, we want, I'm pretty we both sh- want to clean out the uh, the rest of this house here. I'm pretty sure we're doing it. We do not. I mean, from here till the end of May, we are booked solid. Yeah, it's not happening anytime and, and, soon. And so. we don't we don't even know at then. Like you know, it wouldn't be surprised to me if True Detective was was hitting about then Fargo and, and Fargo and the left. So if we get another three or four show lineup, then it's just going to keep getting slipped. But it is something we, we want to come back to. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us about who made this episode? <sighs> sure. You just want me to bitch and whine about the plane crash more? Really? No, not yet. We'll get to that. An <laughs> this hour is directed from now. by Adam Bernstein, which we talked about before. He is married mm-hmm. to the actress that plays Gretchen in okay. uh, Breaking Bad. Um, and he is a multiple uh, primetime Emmy nominee, uh, most recently for uh, directing the Trocodile's Dilemma episode of Fargo. Huh, okay. He won a primetime Emmy for uh, directing 30 Rock. <laughs> um, and he's done a just a ton of work on Breaking Bad, House of Lies. Uh, he directed the upcoming episode of Better Call Saul, Jello, Nurse Jackie, Masters of Sex, Californication, we talked about Fargo, wow. just, just, just tons. He he has uh, been doing a lot of good stuff. Shameless, um, weeds. the movie? No, no, no. The 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 oh, Showtime series. Singing the Shia LaBeouf movie. <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah, what? wasn't it called Shameless? I thought sh- didn't he do like a Western outlaw sort of? Oh, maybe thing? he did. I was thinking of Shame, which was the Michael Aspender uh, sex addict movie. No. No, no, I don't, no. I don't want to see. That. I don't want to see Shia LaBeouf in a sex addict movie. Uh-uh. But he's a very accomplished director, and it was written by none other than Vince Gilligan. Okay, who we who needs no introduction. That works. I, I think Vince does a fine job in his writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to- I have another breakfast update, which we'll get to. Yeah, uh, we're now up to uh, not seven breakfasts consumed out of nine offered. You're uh, slipping, Junior. Junior could F- not. I'm sorry, Flynn. 
<laughs> Flynn could... <laughs> he won't answer to that. Flynn could not avoid the call of the almighty dollar. Nope. He's like his dad. Those yeah. dollar bills are calling. He can't... Uh, all right, all right. Let's take it from the top, yeah? Let's, the the let's, tubes are lined with gold, just waiting to be picked up. They are, apparently. All right, let's start out with uh, the black and white scene here. That goddamn I, pink bear. Yeah, it's it's everywhere, man. They're, they're, its eyes are being sucked into pool filters. That's falling from the sky this episode. It's landing in his pool. Uh, you know, there's more of the body bags, more evidence, and then we pull out to see, you know, this is a, a big scene here. Yeah. Lot, lots of officials, lots of trucks. There's helicopters in the sky, explosions off in the distance. There's a lot of shit going down here. Yep. And at this point, when it pans up slowly to see the NTSB van pulling away from the twin plumes of smoke is about when Aaron five years ago got a massive stink face on like <laughs> what mm-hmm. what uh so this is probably reaching and okay. i i don't like to do this often you know except when it comes to coffee but there's a scene here where they pull the bear out of the pool in the net sure and they drag it kind of like, like they the net gets swooped across the pavement and right toward Walter White's chair, where he always sits and meditates. Okay. And the entire time, it's dripping water onto this pavement, which in black and white looks kind of like blood. Sure. I wonder if that was on purpose. Oh, I I, I would uh, I would bet. I would imagine. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Jesse's doing chest compressions on Jane's dead body. We think he might be humping something at first. That's the thing. That's a little weird. Uh... <laughs> When when I started watching this and I saw the you know clearly underside and the ee, 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 yeah ee. like inside the bed cam that was pretty cool. Uh, do you think did it feel somehow inappropriate to you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I felt I felt calling inappropriate on this one. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know that that's what you want to do. Like oh it's I mean but it's one of those things where like maybe Vince Gilligan is making a joke or maybe he's doing it to kind of shame you a little bit like shame on you for thinking that you should know what's happening here it just happened at the end of last episode eh, that's why like are you that, thinking that you dirty like dirty joke minded when you ask somebody you know the spell spot and the spell slop and the spell mop and then what do you do at a green light and stop no you idiot sure. you go it's like when you use the language of cinema in a certain mm. way and a certain sound effects then you can't make us feel guilty for thinking that but no, I, I was like, but the moment still hit because it, man, Aaron Paul went for it. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron uh, Paul does a great job in this episode. It really made me feel for this junkie girlfriend who I was hating last episode, but uh, I, it, it was yeah, through I me. It I threw didn't me. feel for her. I didn't feel for her at all. I felt for him because he had just lost something yeah, important to Yeah, but I'm saying, yes, but... Um, there was none. There was absolutely zero good. I'm glad you're dead. It was all my God. I'm feeling bad for Jesse. Oh, and okay. that's hard to do because those are, in, those are intertwined. Like I wasn't thinking yes. you dodged a bullet or she was a terrible person. Cause that's the other thing is I don't you think kind of were last episode, right? I don't think she was a terrible person. No. That's, that's the thing that I've really come to appreciate watching this again is that Jane's not a bad person. Mm-hmm. And Jane probably had Jesse's, uh, a better handle of what's good for Jesse than Jesse did because she smoked out that Walt was abusive and no good for him. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Jane's worst crime is she enabled him at his low point, um, and herself. But yeah, anyway, uh, 
it was it was bad. It was just him sobbing and pleading and watching him go through the first few stages of grief is just so good. Yeah. This episode is such a, really a lot of emotional gut punches. Yeah, it it is a real ball breaker with the a heartbreaker, you know? Mm-hmm. It's uh it's rough all the way through. Anyway, just so Jesse calls up Walt to tell him about Jane, which of course he already knows. Um he tells him sit tight, I know who to call. Which who do you, who do you call when your girlfriend dies or when your partner's girlfriend dies? Uh, well, Saul, Saul Goodman. Better you better call, call Saul. Saul. I know who yeah. to call. Uh, he's been watching the commercials. I noticed Walt has his cell phone on silent now. Smart, mm. Walt. Smart. I also liked the imagery of Walt holding Holly. It's the you know contrast between fathers and daughters, and he is very and fatherly. Je- Jesse's loss and his gain. Like he's just gained a family member. Jesse just lost his the only person he cares about. And and like I said, I think that he Walt was playing this very fatherly, you know, like yeah. this is the you got a phone call from your son or daughter at two o'clock in the morning and they're at a party and it's turned sketchy and uh-huh. you can you know, they've they've they're they're calling you against their better judgments and and you know, you're just wanting to be reassuring. And apparently, uh also you send Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction to deal with the situation. A, a much less conspicuous version of Mr. Wolf, right? He doesn't pull up in the Lamborghini. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He pulls, <laughs> he up, pulls in up like in... a massive Lincoln or a caddy. Something like that, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a big old Lincoln mm-hmm. of some kind. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Some dude in sunglasses pulls up. Uh, he's obviously sent by Saul. He says so. He cleans up all the drugs. He tells Jesse exactly how to handle the situation, and then he's out, uh, as as any good wolf would do. Yep. In and, and he's also very abrupt. He's not. He doesn't have time for people sobbing or he will carrying smack on. you across the face. He will smack the taste right out of that mouth if it's if it what's if it's what you need to get through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a practice line. I woke her up. I woke up and found her. That's all I know. Yeah, Mike tells him to say, "I woke up like this." Uh huh. <laughs> no, you, no, he doesn't. Do you think that? And he gave a lot of practical advice. Put on some long sleeve shirt to cover the track marks. Yes. Um. I never, I never thought this the first time through. But when I was watching this, I'm like, "Does that?" Uh, I woke up and found her. That's all I know. Does that really stand up to an investigation? Like, who is this woman? I woke up and found her. That's all I know. You know, if they talk to Donald, probably not. There like, is a break. There's an obvious break in. Is this connected? I just woke up. Did you know she was on drugs? Uh, I just woke up. I mean, I guess you could say that. That's kind of what you're supposed to do with police. Yeah, and then he he says, you know, if the police show up, ask for your lawyer. Because he also thing. wasn't also dealing with police. That's the other thing. Yeah, he was dealing were... with some medical examiners. Right, right. Uh, not not nearly the threat there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know enough about the inner workings of police and medical examiners and all that. But I was a little suspicious about whether it would be that easy to get out of. Yeah, this thing. Although you know, you could stick if, if I guess if the the point that Mike. That uh, this gentleman, this uh, this wolf guy, makes uh, a larger point was if you do get hauled into the cops, just don't say anything and talk to a lawyer because that's the thing. Yeah. They might suspect – you might be suspicious as hell. You might be under some tough questioning, but they don't got shit. Yep. They have nothing. Mike took it all. The, the cleaner took it all. <laughs> so there you go. The cleaner whose name may or may not be Mike. This, this uh, podcast <laughs> needs to be cleaned now. <laughs> I don't think it's a spoiler to say the guy's name. Uh, so why does he take Jane's belt? 
I, I understand per- it's the one that they use to shoot up with, but it's a fucking belt. It's a I, belt. Did he take his clothing? It's interesting because I thought that there was a little – I wondered the same thing as I was going around watching him like, you know, what he was dusting and what he wasn't dusting and yeah. how it's kind of – seems like it's obviously that he was cleaning some things and not others. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought that he did a pretty good job of portraying like he picked up the belt and kind of hesitated like, ah, you know, throw it in Why the – like, you yeah. know, like just be uh, – oh, go overboard on the side of caution. But I think it's just because it was drug paraphernalia and he wanted to get all of that out of the house. Yeah. I mean, if it was like rubber tubing, maybe I understand why he takes it. But Sure, sure. Uh, anyway, Walt's making breakfast the next morning or that morning. I don't know exactly when. I think it's the same morning. Same morning. Okay. Uh, which is, you know, better known as cereal. Not not a great breakfast from Walt there, mm-hmm. which might be why it gets turned down by Junior. Uh, and also, he's more concerned with the money being donated through his website, uh, which is obviously bothersome to Walt. I mean, you can see it here. You can see it way better later on. Really? Yeah. I I took this scene as him being a little bit more at peace with it. And he's like, okay, my son's having this moment. Look how excited he is. Look how excited my wife is. I'm going to, even though I myself do not like this and I'm comfortable with it. I, as a dad, I'm getting some pleasure mm. out of them. I, that's how I got it. He was much less pissier about it at this point. Now, there's a point He's where He's getting that, used to the idea, but... There's a point where that turns around for him, yes. and I've got an <laughs> idea of why that is. Okay. But I think at this point, he's kind of like, okay, well, you know, this isn't so bad. If my son ends up saving me financially, mm. that's, not, that's not a terrible thing. Uh, is this the only time that Walt calls Junior Flynn? I don't know. I think it might be. I can't I can't think of another time when he calls him Flynn. I thought he has to break down and do it later on as well. I don't know. Maybe. That who knows? Is that a spoiler? <laughs> no. The fact that we no. don't know, it can't be a spoiler, <laughs> right? We have we have no information on this. <laughs> Somehow we flashed our memory on this. Uh but it was notable that he actually called him Flynn here because sure. he has been very resistant to that name. Uh, as I the imagine. Entire time. If you're the type of guy that would name a kid after yourself. I mean, we talked about that, that kind of particular brand of benign megalomania. Yeah, yeah. That's that's naming your kid after yourself. If you're the type of person <laughs> that would roll that way, I imagine it's a huge slap in the face for them to then reject it. Sure, sure. It, it feels weird when I hear people calling him Flynn, though. Oh, hell yeah. Even to me, and I have no investment in this. I don't care. But when Skylar calls him Flynn, it's a, it's a very strange thing to me. Sure, yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know why they're so on board with it. I guess because, you know, if the kid wants to change his name, let him change his That's name. That's the thing, man. You gotta, you gotta pick your battles. Like, if you want a kid to get really involved in doing something, it seems like tell them that he can't do it or make fun of it or discourage it. That's the way you really harden her position where it's like, okay, fine, Flynn. Sure. We'll go with Flynn. Flynn's a ridiculous name. We'll go with it. That's, that's the way you beat him down. All right. Reverse psychology. Uh, Jane's dad gets a call. Uh, no, sorry. He calls Jane. She doesn't answer. And then when he gets to her house, he finds, you know, the paramedics hauling her corpse away. That's no good. It's not what you want to see. Uh, I, I do like the, the cliffhanger cut here where he pulls up, he sees the paramedics and then you can tell it goes to commercial. Sure. But I was watching it on Netflix, so it didn't. And I also, the paramedics are like, uh, sir, you might not want to be here for this. They give him like a half a second to turn away. And it's like, <laughs> all right, bag her up, boys. Bag her up, you know? Yeah. Put her into the meat rending facility. That's <laughs> like, come on. She a donor? Let's cut her out right yeah, now. That's right. I need kidneys. I need lungs. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Bring it on. 
Can you pull out her eyes first? We got a cornea transplant scheduled for this <laughs> afternoon. Sure, just pop him out. And Here. he's just sitting there biting his knuckle. <laughs> I thought it's like just you know, there give is a, a grieving literal... father a second to process your <laughs> suggestion. Yeah, would you? Yeah, he might have not even heard you. Like he might have been so zoned out, right. he didn't even he's hear. He's just here. You know, uh, there is a literal knuckle bite in this episode. Jesse does it. Oh, does he do a yeah. knuckle biter? Yeah. Mm. He's so he's so grief stricken that he bites his finger in the most cliched way Sometimes possible. Sometimes you gotta bite the bullet knuckle. I guess so. The knuckle bullet. Uh, this is this is brutal. When they're asking him, they're in the living room and they're asking Dude, questions, and so good. You know, they eventually leave, but like him, just Jesse's standing there in front of her dad. Uh, and the realization, there, and they all know, they all know what happened here. Yeah, but they the, the thing that really makes it tragic is they assume that Jesse knows the first thing about Jane, and we're realizing in real time with Jane, with you know Jane's, you know, it's like he doesn't know her birth date, doesn't know his her mother's oh, name, okay. like yeah, yeah. like they're going to Jesse for this because this happened in your house. This must be someone important to you, yeah. and she was. Mm-hmm. But here's the man who gave to who who brought her into this world and knows all this information and has spent all this time and effort and grief to try to get her back on this track where you know she can have a healthy life and the man that destroyed it all standing right doesn't in front even of him. really know her or knows her at this very surface level um yeah. but yet is still emotionally devastated. I thought that was really interesting. And Jesse's outward grief versus Donald's just haunted for for very good reason i mean he he left his daughter with this guy right with the intention of the very next morning taking her to get help yeah and in and, one and, day... and the, the idea that she you know that he was ready he was ready to pull her out of that house he let her talk him into that and then it caused this this the is guilt. what happened the guilt he must feel for not yeah for, for being soft that one last time yes Yes, it's devastating. This guy, yeah, and and the fact he just walks out without even looking at Jesse, um, like I think Jesse would have loved it if he'd taken the baseball bat and beat his brains in. I, th- I think you're right. Think and you're right. the fact that he didn't is like the worst. Yeah, from Jesse's point of view. Yeah, he just couldn't. He was too, too out of it. And like him finding the apology girl, and like what that must have, you know, and Jesse <laughs> seeing him find it. Yeah, and then you know. Will you both be coming to the hospital? And of course, Jess, it's like just really gut wrenching, man. It's yeah. terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Great scene. Uh, more donations are coming in through the website. Walt's in the bathroom trying to call Jesse. And Skylar and Flynn are just watching the site, watching the donations roll in. Well, we've been doing the last day or two. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, can you please Another start? Another club ball move. Please Bing. start calling me Flynn. I, I don't, this gym thing, I'm not feeling it. Flynn. I can call you Flim. I'll meet you halfway. Flim. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Hank's introducing a donation jar for Walt's surgery. Oh, so at work. who did Walt call there? I'm assuming he's Jesse. trying to. Okay, because the way he was saying my friend and all this, I just realized he could be talking to Saul or Jesse. Oh, I, think I, I read Jesse. Okay, but, me too. Me okay. too. But I, I, I thought it was like open for debate. All right. Well, I'm not here to debate it because that's what I think. All right. Uh. Yeah, so Hank's passing around a donation jar for Walt's surgery at work, and his beer is the prize. No one seems to like that. Is is Schrader Brow bad? You think Schrader Brow's pretty pretty gross? Mm. Or do you think Gomi's just busting his balls? Well, here's the thing. 
if you are not experienced with craft beer mm-hmm. uh, and you're just like a Coors Light man, which I have seen, that's like up until about five years ago, that was me. Uh, Trader Brad's got to be the worst. Hoppy, d- dank smelling mm-hmm. crap. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's the beer can be really, really bad sometimes. He's He's got a decent setup, but he's also got... Uh, a lot of material things so i could buy that hank this might be like hank's third batch or something Here's and he just thing. bought the bottling machine and all the bottles and uh, and i think hank is a meticulous guy and he if his beer was disgusting he would be embarrassed and ashamed and he would never mention it to anybody he would oh, not, you think so he would not be bringing straight around every party he would not no i mean do you think that he or do you think he's oblivious and he's just super proud of the thing he's done the man smokes cuban cigars and drinks high-end booze i think he knows what tastes good okay is the thing uh-huh. and i don't think that he would deliberately his 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 outer image of being this guy this consummate guy if he was making bad beer he could he he wouldn't be able to handle it hmm all right that's that. my that's my greater straighter brow theory. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then he goes over kind of the latest info on the blue stuff. He's not buying the James Kill Kelly story, not one bit. Nope. And instead, he pulls out a map that shows, oh, all the blue stuff has been everywhere but New Mexico. So he thinks this Heisenberg guy who's still wised out up. there wised up and he's gone regional. Stop shitting where he eats. And you know, we we kind of know a good chunk of that story. We. We know that that is not the case. Uh, he has a new distributor. He's just producing mm-hmm. meth for this guy. Or mm-hmm. he produced a giant right. batch of it right. that he's selling. Um, there's an interesting shot in here, uh, a little, you know, just a little fun thing where he's saying, you know, why is it that the purest meth we've seen is being slung by that? And he points over a combo because mm-hmm. he's, he's a no-name guy. Right. And then you can see Walt's face go by on the donation jar uh-huh. in the foreground. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh huh. He's 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 uh, slipping slipping right through. <laughs> yeah, and like Mustache Man shows up in this scene too. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's whoo. That guy's got some facial hair. He's making up for the lack of Sam Elliott on Justified. Yes, he's double the mustache. The, the the balance, the cosmically balanced Sam Elliott's clean upper lip. Yep. Uh, the family's eating a meal, not breakfast. I don't think so. Anyway, there's like. Broccoli and this bread is still and, the same day. Yeah. So no, it it's, can't be. Maybe lunch, maybe an early dinner. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they're watching the donations rack up on the laptop. And they still got that thing going. Walt doesn't like seeing it really, so he he goes out there and calls Saul, and Saul has found Jesse. Tells him where he is. What? How long would it take to launder seven hundred thousand dollars at let's say this twenty hundred dollars rolled in in six hours? Well, do the math. Uh, <laughs> they did the math. That's what this uh, segment's about. So what I say, it's at seven hundred twenty thousand dollars, right? Something like that. And yeah. then to divide that by twenty eight thousand twenty eight hundred, right? So that gives five two hundred fifty seven time units. That I said, just like a conservative estimate, that took six hours to earn. Uh, that's fifteen hundred and forty two hours. <laughs> I think the numbers that's are all off. 64 days. That's actually not bad. That's actually not bad. That's doable. So the amount of money that he gives Jesse is somewhere in the 400000 range, and I think that factors in Saul's cut. Right. And, no, I'm I'm trying to be like worst case scenario, and I'm I'm like... Oh, okay. It seems 60 days is about how... Like, that's like, you know, and it's, a, it's not... 
look at Kickstarter projects exactly to get millions of dollars, right? Like it's it's a three, two, or one month usually type deal. So it's like that's right in the middle, and that yeah, yeah that's about right. You know, this donation site made by a kid goes viral, and yeah, yeah, boom, yeah. you got a million dollars in donations. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. at first I saw, it, I was like, man, this is comically slow. Like the launder, <laughs> this is going to take just so much freaking time. But yeah, if you talk, it's only Walt half. Mm-hmm. And then you only have you, Saul's going to take his cut out of it, then yeah, it's you could get that done in forty five days or so. It's yeah. not bad. Uh, imagine well, if if they'd let this happen, continue. Like, do you imagine like in an alternate universe where uh, Walt Junior raised like four hundred thousand dollars for his dad cancer? That's, that's a heart. That's legitimately a heartwarming story. Sure, that would make sure. it. That would make national news. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and you know, he could have maybe passed that off as the reason why he paid off all these bills and Skyler would have been none the wiser. Fortunately, oh, yeah, I mean, the series of events did not work out that way. That's, that's right. That's right. If only they hadn't relaxed him at the hospital. It would have if been, only. it would have been weird if he found a way to launder the money and then he had to still pretend to his family that he had no money because <laughs> that money needed to go to his cancer treatment. Oh, no. Or but he had you, already paid for his cancer treatment. Some of that money he wanted to go to his kid's college fund, and they're like, okay, well, our the surgery's only $150,000, so we need to donate the rest of this charity. Like, we can't just hold on. <laughs> and Walsh is sitting there, like, twisting his nuts. Like, ah. I mean, because well, that's, exactly, that's exactly what they would have done. Give like Walt away. Jr. Yeah. and Skyler would be like, we need to find, we need to start a Walter White Foundation where we give this money to other people to have cancer. That's exactly what they would have done and would have driven him to an early grave. Sure. And then every dollar he makes coming in, he'd have to just <laughs> donate. Which, you know, Although Saul good, would have found good a way. on him because he's doing a lot more harm than $400,000 worth. Saul would have found a way to flip that cancer charity into the biggest money laundering scheme. He would start the charity. It yeah, would be would some have. charity set up in American Samoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He would be piped. Of course, he would take his cut again. That would be bouncing multiple sh- off of multiple shores. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what goes to um, the flop house? Along with the cleaner, the wolf. Flophouse is selling this place short. This is like a <laughs> series of flop houses surrounded in some flop compound. You're right. It's like a fenced in flop. This pound. is a militarized flopping zone. <laughs> <laughs> you are deeply committed to the flopping cause when the you flopping lifestyle. <laughs> you have to have a passport. Your papers have to be in order. I've got the latest reality TV show, Floppers. Floppers. <laughs> you just bust into flop houses, set up fake flop houses, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. I know how they do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or you could have it where they go in, they kick people out of flop houses, renovate them, and sell them. Ooh, call it flop, flop flippers. <laughs> Flipping floppers. Flip floppers. <laughs> Flip floppers. Boom. Done. Sold. Done. Sold. I'm going to pin the pilot I, that's tomorrow. That's it. I'm calling HD. <laughs> Let me get them on the horn. Uh, all right, where was I? I have no idea. Oh, yeah. Flop house. Flop pound. Yeah, he, he found out that Jesse's staying there. He goes inside against the recommendations of the wolf, and he finds Jesse, who is just bombed out of his mind here. He is. He must be on heroin, because he's got the very same effect. You know, you shake him, he doesn't wake up, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Walt tries to move him. He starts bawling, because A, he thinks he killed Jane. And B, he loved Jane. I thought this was a great contrast between rationalization versus acceptance of guilt and burden. Like, Walt's like, okay. you didn't kill. You had no responsibility. No, you just have to. And he's like, wants to take it all. Oh, yeah. Like, they're too yeah. extreme. Walt 
is the proverbial duck that water rolls right off his back. Mm -hmm. And Jesse is the proverbial guilt sponge. Yes, that is that is a fair analogy for those two people. Yeah. And it gets worse. Like that line Jesse has later in the uh, the treatment facility or whatever high end junkie place he's at when he's like, I deserve this. Mm-hmm. Everything you I said out in the remember. desert yeah. is true. And the Walt's like, oh, and I have to leave this kid because I'm getting a surgery. Uh, it's sure with the full realization of him losing his family at the same time. That's just a, that's a that's a hell of a scene. Yeah. Coming up that we're not talking about yet. We're, we're not talking about that yet. No. Uh does Walt get any credit for going into this place himself? I we talked about this instead last of just week. sending Mike in. I think that uh, Walt's treatment of Jesse in this stretch here is probably a, goes a long way to why I still felt loyalty toward them as deep into the run as I did. Yeah, it's it's because, very compassionate. Yes, he's a control freak and you know doing all these awful things, but if you are on the inside of his circle. He really did go the extra mile to to try to save you or to try to help you. Now, yes, he is also the guy who let her die and caused her to die. There is a lot of complicated (laughs) feelings, but I'm saying if it wasn't for this aspect, this father savior thing with Jesse, this protectiveness, this like it's tender Uh their relationship at this point. Um, It. It. I don't know that. I don't know that that Walt is able to make it out the next season without just a hissable villain. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, their their relationship is the thing that kind of preserves his humanity through most of this, in my eyes. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And the fact that Jesse somehow it, sh- it should seem it should it should undercut it that Jesse is so clueless about Walt's personal involvement in his misery, but for some reason it doesn't. Jesse's a pretty clueless guy to begin with. Right, right, right. Uh, and he he is starting to grow. I mean, even the line where he understands finally what Walter meant, that shows that Jesse is growing yeah. in his, you know, personal life, in, you know, his business life, as, as much as that is good or bad. I think that's part of the thing is that Walt is aware of that. He's self-aware enough to know that, oh, yes, uh, I'm feeling bad that he is thanking me and he's taking all this on because this is uh, he 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 knows his rationalizations aside he knows what he did to jane oh yeah he knows what he's done to jesse and that's eating at him and that's it's a perfect parallel to how he feels when he's being interviewed later on uh for the tv yeah for the the news program i mean that that's exactly what he's feeling there yeah he's still got enough decency to be mortified and offended when stuff like this happens yeah even even when he's able to keep his hands kind of metaphorically clean in his own eyes he still has the 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 decency enough to feel bad about it sure sure uh and he finally gets some ramifications some consequences brought down on him this episode i like that uh, Jane's dad goes into her house to pick up a dress for her to wear during her funeral. And we find out there's uh, not a lot of color in Jane's wardrobe. Not a lot of variation. Shocking. Which didn't surprise anybody, I don't think. Shocking. Because uh, she's got put all her collars up on that wall. Yes. Said did you mirror. see what's in that mirror? Hell yeah, I did. The pink pair. All right. Yeah, it looks it looks to me like she's maybe like wrapped up in a, a blanket of black holes or something in the... 
I, I don't know what all the uh, the imagery there is for, but there's definitely yeah the pink teddy bear up in the top right. Yeah, no, that's a there's giant, an alarm clock, giant emo mural. Yeah, of stuff that probably is deep. She she would love nothing more than you to ask her what that our alarm clock means, and she would probably go on a great length about it. Oh yeah, I've uh, never. But she's the end dead now, and we're spared that conversation. Thank goodness. Uh, we go. Did you have anything else to say about uh, that? Just that uh, John Delancey, uh, who I've only mm. really seen as Q from mm-hmm. Star Trek. Yeah, me too. <laughs> who is a very memorable but one-dimensional character. Yeah. He just uh, there's a lot of ways you could play this, and I don't know how much uh, um, Adam had in, in the direction of this, and how much Vince did. But the way he played it as, I don't know, like, hey, you know, he's like weirdly respectful of the kind of girl his daughter was. Like, you know, she's not a white yellow dress wearer, but he found like this kind of simple little hippie dark blue dress. And it's just quiet and matter of fact, but sad. And I, there's something really haunting about the way he performed this. Definitely. Um, I felt like he didn't. He hadn't had time to fully process this yet, of course. Um, and he was kind of just going about the motions of having a funeral to prepare for and all that stuff. He wasn't, I didn't feel like he was thinking about any of the things that he saw there. No, and just like, you know, the fact that he's he was a still zombie. trying to process that he's burying his little girl. Mm-hmm. And in my head, Canon, he's talking to his wife and they're estranged yeah. and they probably don't talk much, but now they're having to force together in this difficult circumstance and mm-hmm. just super sad, man. Like yeah. I said, I got, I got, yeah. this is one of the scenes I got choked up on. All right. Uh, and also long sleeves. Yep. Because, you know, high to track. No marks. cleavage. No cleavage on the funeral dress. <laughs> sure. You don't want to see corpse cleavage. <laughs> no. Um, no. postmortem lividity is probably not going to be too kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I yeah, it's just a great scene. Mm-hmm. God damn you, Vince. Then we go back to Walt, who is changing Holly's diaper while the computer in the background continues to ding. Uh, Walt asks Junior to turn it down because he he I really feel like he just can't stand the sound of this thing. He for you know his own internal reasons, his heart. own pride, his own yeah. Yeah. Uh, Skyler gets a call from a newspaper who wants to interview Junior about the website. And at this point, I'm just thinking, this is the worst possible outcome for Walt. Yeah, and I think this is where it really starts to turn on him on him because he's it's bad enough, like, when they do the interview and Walt Jr. is just gushing about what a decent man it is. But oh, now yeah. to think that this story is going to get featured and people legitimate people are going to be giving this giving this money Do you, for a guy like Walt from a pride standpoint and from a, just a mortification this has got to be the worst it is it is uh yeah for so many reasons so many reasons i just can't even imagine what it's like to go to be staring down this like oh god this was a scheme and i wasn't comfortable with it and now it's turned into this other thing, and all these people are getting wrapped up, and we're getting praise, and just, oh, so gross, so gross. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, when you half-ass a project, and someone says, oh, thank you for all your hard work, and it's like, oh, just shut up, go away. Yeah. That's that's kind of what uh, I feel like Walt is, only at a much grander scale. Hmm. Uh, this is a really good scene coming up here, where we get Hank kind of plotting more meth sightings um, while he's on the phone there. 
And several people from the business community come walking in, which include the chicken man. The chicken man, sure. whose name we find out is Gustavo Fring. Uh-huh. Uh, they, he comes in. That was super shocking the first time I saw it. See that guy showing up in the DEA office. I was uh-huh. like, what is happening? <laughs> Death star balls on this guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hank tells them about the work that they're they're doing uh, for charity, lets them know that their outreach programs are helping, and then Gus sees a donation jar for Walt. Which, that's which, the other, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yep. And he asks, you know, is he an agent? And then Hank explains, no, he's my brother-in-law, he's got cancer. And then Gus donates some money. Can you, can you even imagine what would happen if, if, if Hank, had, if, if Walt, if Hank said, oh, yeah, he's an agent. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was on a ride along with me just the other week yeah right <laughs> what yeah here's a picture of him in a dea vest uh-huh. no, i'm just joking here have a schrader brow <laughs> that that would have been funny i don't yeah. know if gus's poker face would stand up to that uh the guy who owns the adobe hotels is named andy kaufman mm. i don't i don't know if that is an andy kaufman reference or if that is just a dude's name but the other guy is. You know, it's funny because I was in. The, I, I on my note taking watch. I was in the middle because that kind of stuff just rolls over me. I'm with names and faces, and the second time through, I was about to rewind and get everybody's name, and I'm like, no one cares. So I just went on and like, really, they snuck an Andy Coffin reference on me. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. The, wow. the other guy was a no name, but then yeah, Gus is. No, probably, he's probably uh, uh, some other famous guy. I. So this is interesting, George, right? His it name shows... George O'Keefe. Why do you think Gus is actually there? Because it's part of his chameleon armor. Okay. He's, he he's obviously couldn't have DEA. known about walls, I don't think. No. I don't think he has that much information. No, I think Gus has been, he's up in the DEA's guts all the time. Okay. Um, that's my impression, that he... He sponsors these fun runs and all that stuff. He's hiding in plain sight, just like all right. when he was at the Los Polos Hermanos. Legitimate businessman. I sell He's, chicken. He, I do. Yeah, I've not, I've not, not nothing, nothing to hard. This is a terrible scourge in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Like, if you take it another layer, he could really internalize this lie. When you find out that he doesn't peddle in uh, New Mexico at all. Oh, okay. Maybe he cares deeply about the community. Exactly. And this community doesn't extend beyond Just state borders. Fuck all That's the other communities. Exactly. Exactly. It takes a village and that other village needs to worry because <laughs> mine is mine my house is in order. I could be. I don't know. We'll um we'll have to see where it all goes. All right. Walt leaves Jesse at a detox center in the middle of the desert, apparently. Uh Jesse understands what Walt meant when he said, I deserve this. And uh, there's a a scene between them <laughs> in this episode. This place, this location is so great. Like, just visually, it's outstanding. Yeah, it's uh, it looks like... It's like the inside of a tulip or something. Yeah. Like, they're in this giant desert tulip, I desert rose. I wonder how much cost. And other, also wonder Walt paid some out of his half, or know. this was all Jesse's, that he's money that he's absconded with. Hey, good question. And also... Well... Did, so did, the cleaner, did Mike take the money? Yeah. Okay, we're just going to call him Mike. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> or are you going to edit all these out? No, I'm not. Okay, so when Mike took the money. <laughs> Mike did take the money, yeah. Um. Okay, so that's uh, that was my question. I forgot whether that, because I know we saw the money in the apartment, but I wasn't sure yeah. if that was what he was throwing all the paraphernalia into. It was, yeah. 
Oh, man, that money's going to be covered in stale bong water. It's not. The bong is empty. Was it? Yeah, it was It was yellow. So Jesse and, Jesse right, and the throws a heroin right. addiction cleaned out his bong. I thought the same. Nobody cleans out their bong. Not, Come on. Not someone in the, uh, riding a horse? No. <laughs> no. Not at all. So I was super surprised. I actually rewound it because I thought, like, he just poured a bunch of <laughs> bong water on this money. I'd, I assume, too, but it's like, okay, well, it's TV. You know, people stage eat. They stage yeah, yeah. put bongs in double bags. Who knows? Sure, why not? Uh, Walt arrives home. I, I don't know how much you want to talk about just that scene. We kind of talked about it earlier. Uh, but I'm going to move on, if that's all right. Uh, move on, please. Okay. Walt, Walt comes home. He finds a news crew in his house. And they interview the family. And a clearly unhappy Walt about the website and the donations. This is just getting out of his control. I mean, yeah. it was a newspaper article. Now Channel 13 Action News Especially, is Especially, it's it's worse because of how much Walt Jr. is talking up his father. He's my hero. He's my hero. He has no idea what his dad's been doing behind the scenes. Like, it gets worse every word out of his mouth. And Marie's in the back, like, smile, you know. And yeah, she's, yeah. she is a in, lunatic. In her Sunday best purple dress. In her yeah. element. She's, like, eating this up. And he's like, Oh, he's yeah. a great father and teacher. He's a decent man. He always does the right thing. Would you say he's your hero? <laughs> totally. My dad's my hero. This is just killing Walt. Yeah. And it's got to be especially bad, This is bad emotional too. chemotherapy. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so do you think it's going through his head that he is treating Jesse more like a son than his son? That he I, hasn't been there for his son at all that we've seen in this series. Mm, I mean, well, pouring a week a week breakfast of cereal for him is not going to cut it. When he he's going to, make to kid flop it houses, for, what do you want? What do you want for Jesse? Uh, I don't know. I don't know um, how much of this is subconscious versus conscious and all that stuff. All right, I, really I, don't. I, I felt like that might have been something that he was also concerned about because it, it seems like there's just such a big mix of emotions here and just well, a grab bag is, of uh you know we only see the time that walt spins away from his family but the vast majority yeah. of the time he's there and it, him and that's him, fair and even though he's very unhappy in the beginning of breaking bad i never felt like they were one of those families no i don't think he's neglectful or anything necessarily no. uh-uh. uh and and you know frankly his son doesn't need the help that jesse needs sure so and I can see him being, uh, you know, kind of an uncompromising dick at school and more patient uh, at, yeah. at at home. Mm-hmm. My dad was the opposite. Like, <laughs> I'd go into his work and they'd be like, oh, Richard is – we think he's, he's, he's a saint. He is so patient. Mm-hmm. He never loses temper. I'm like, this motherfucker? You're talking about this mother? <laughs> He's got insane. you all fooled. Yes, yes. He just kicked my ass last week for like <laughs> leaving a whisker mowing the lawn. You're you're drilling people's teeth and he don't care. Like what the fuck? Mm. Um. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess we should move on. We've talked kind of in depth already about that scene. Yeah. Which scene are we talking about? Uh, just the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's it's cool. just it, it's just an uh, it's emotional torture. Yes, definitely. Let's go to surgery prep. Walt's being prepped for surgery. He's being given uh, horse tranquilizers, and, alpaca tranquilizers, <laughs> alpaca tranquilizers, and he accidentally lets it slip about the second cell phone right before he goes under. Mm-hmm. And this rings alarm bells for Skyler. Oh yeah, Skyler. Time. I. I I was trying to come up with the perfect word to describe her reaction, and it's not stunned, it's not stricken, it's, I think you're right, alarm bells. 
but but it's more than alarm bells. It's like, oh my god, it's been under my nose the whole time. Someone, I was right. It's someone having a um, epiphany, uh huh, like a negative epiphany. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. it's a pretty good, really good work by her, and it's um. This stuff is pretty the, – the family group hug, and they're just alone. There's no Marie there being cloying in the background. There's no Hank yeah. you know, trying to take the edge off. It's just them. They're hugging, and this – it you really see what Walt is going, going to lose in the next 15 minutes. Yeah, definitely. Um, there is a surgery montage. Wait, before we leave that scene – has, has i i know it's supposed to be a little weird but when walt's like moving his mouth around like saying this stuff's pretty good uh-huh. uh does it look like freakishly unnatural movement to you i know it looks like i don't know i don't know how he moves his mouth like that it's bizarre <laughs> it's like his jaws detached from his face uh i don't know that's the impression i got yeah i don't, I don't know uh it's like me every time i go to the dentist i guess hmm. all right but no i i yeah it didn't didn't seem unnatural to me Okay. Uh, I love the surgery montage. I love yeah. the uh, choice of music, the Chocolate Genius uh, Life. Uh, it was like you get this. It's kind of brutal. Yeah. Like you know, you hear like you know, someone sizing you up, like a butcher sizes up a lamb. That's what these surgeons are doing. You're a pile of meat. You are a pile of meat, and they are tugging and they are ripping and they are putting their their whole body force onto it, like. Mm-hmm. You know, my son was born as a C-section, and it was horrifying. It was horrifying what they do to a living human body to bring forth another life into the world. Yeah. This is like the opposite. They're bringing forth death out of a body. But um, I'm just always shocked at how much force people use. No wonder you're so goddamn sore. Yeah. It's not the incision. I, I was worried about, like, Brian Cranston, the actor, after that. Yeah. Like, like they're and the, heaving and, and, him and the around. the way they're showing their feet, his feet wobbling around and his uh-huh. head's unprotected. It's just, yeah, it's... And it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yep. Why do they tape their eyes closed? Is that for the benefit of the doctors who don't so, want to so, see a freakish <laughs> corpse just rolling their eyes? Over? So when the anesthesiologist doesn't do the job, at least the doctor doesn't have to be freaked out about it. The patient's sitting there. <laughs> they also there. tape their mouth shut. So perfect. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They intubate. It's just it's for it's sort of surgeon's comfort. If you wake up mid surgery, yes. the last thing you want to do is the surgeon starts screaming. Yeah, that's no good for you or the surgeon. <laughs> If you're stuck inside a husk of meat and need to scream and you can't, fine. <laughs> but the surgeon's going to be able to do his work. Several weeks later, Walt's beard has grown. Uh, he's he's noticeably bearded up. Uh, goatee, actually. And and he's flamboyant. Happy? He's had a fashion transplant. Oh, yes, his bright pink sweater. This That connects to the pink teddy bear, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> but it was jarring. It was. I'm yeah. not sure I approve of the choice of color matching in, in this instance. I felt like his facial hair was lighter too. Like it was more of a blondish brown a than like a darkish brown. It was a little bit. Uh, yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. I don't know what's changed in Walt. Maybe the cancer was just causing his hair to be darker <laughs> on his face. <laughs> or this like some kind of pickup shot. I don't know. I I, yeah. I don't know. It did look. Or maybe it's the lighting. But it did Could look kind of it did look different. It was a different Walt. It's a Walt we've never seen before, and I don't think we see hints. Mm, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, they're giving him good news. Skyler's asking about well, whether he could question, be on his though, own because yeah. they're clearly drawing a parallel to him and the teddy bear. But I don't know what that means thematically. Uh, it might just be 
directly making that connection. I don't know. But to what can I mean? I don't think Walt is the teddy bear. No, I, no. The teddy bear is a reminder of the carnage that he's inflicting upon hmm. society. So again, I don't see, I don't understand dressing him up as the teddy bear thematically. He is a teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> he is the one I, I that don't bears. Know, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm sure if you go on Cereal, they would have something about that. Yeah. Oh, he did a area, uh, did a two parter, like like eight nine pages of stuff on there. All right, the sweater's got to be. But in I there. had my own pathos. I was like, uh, go with, uh, you know, uh, I see what you're doing over there, Aria. But I'm I'm um, I'm taking this. I'm, I'm taking the stick over. I'm laying in this manual. All right. I'm smashing these two aircraft together <laughs> myself. Uh, it's seven weeks out of uh, Holly's birth here, so we've got a good timeline. Uh, that is apparently just long enough for Skylar to do all the research that she needs to do to make up her mind, uh, which we'll find out later. I believe that she's a bloodhound. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The way the way she lays it out there is really compelling, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it it feels like a natural course of investigation for her. Uh, Jane's dad goes in for his first day of work, and he gets some condolences from a coworker in a surprisingly pedestrian break break room like this is not the kind of break room you'd see on like 24 in an air traffic control what do you what i think there would be more metal and industrial shit and it would be darker it'd be a lot darker uh the coffee would be being poured out of a giant aluminum vat i think this is more true to life it's you're right you're absolutely right (laughs) i just it looked weird on tv for some reason okay uh we find out that he's an air traffic controller so that becomes important in a couple scenes. Uh, I think they hinted that before. Like, he had mentioned about training people, and they might even made mention that he was an air traffic controller in the previous episode, but it was like a one-sentence I, deal. I don't think so. He did make mention about, you know, they're hiring anybody these days. Yeah, there's no standards and there's Which, no experience. Yeah, we talked about that in the spoiler section. Be that ironic. becomes a big issue here. Yeah. yeah, The experienced trainer is the one that's the problem because he's uh-huh. emotionally compromised. Uh, Walt's fussing over his goatee while Skylar packs her things, and then she tells Walt to do the same. Be gone by Monday morning because she has found everything out. Almost mm-hmm. everything. She knows that Walt is lying continuously. And I agree. It, to a point, it doesn't matter what it's about. Yeah. And if there is some big story that could explain it all in some kind of Downton Abbey type fashion, then be out with it by all means, but that much lying and deception is too much for a relationship to withstand. Here's my question to you. Okay. If his pleading succeeds and Skyler does not leave, does he actually tell her the truth there? Come completely clean. I've been cooking meth. I sold the meth. I've killed people. All of that. I kind of think he would have. I think so too. I kind of think... That's the moment... Where he had an out again, but he... that happened in season one too, and we debated whether I think yeah. he, I think that now I don't know what this says about Walt and the relationship, and this is just me speaking off the cuff, but I feel like his plan was working. He was insulating yep. his family from the damage. He didn't see any danger. It was all upside, and you know what Walt does from this point forward, I don't know. He could be totally out. He's got his money. He could be. He's got his health now. I don't think that's where he was heading, but... Sure, but after, like, Skylar discovers it, 
and and confronts him, and then if he were to confess, I think he could just make a clean break right there. Yeah, I don't know exactly how it, but I mean, isn't this a little bit about what the Ted dirty book situation is? Just a little bit, and like you know, Skyler's been on an arc too. It's nothing as monstrous as Walt, but yeah, you know, yeah. she went from lying to banks and credit card companies to saying uh, to having kind of an inappropriate relationship with her boss to covering. F- fiscal malfeasance saying that she knows she shouldn't do it and there's jail time this is illegal yeah you know i know it's a it's another big step from white collar crime to drug lord uh-huh but i don't know i i i i don't know that's one of the great questions is at what point could walt have brought skylar in and they could be this crime couple or would that was that just too a ridiculous concept to ever work Oh, see, I wasn't even suggesting that. I was suggesting that Walt go back to not being a crime lord. <laughs> that too. That too. And 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 Skyler would just know about it that he did these things in the right. past, but he wouldn't do them again. Right. Uh as far as Skyler joining him. Now the thing I think Walt would fuck up is he would try to tell her the least damaging version of the truth that she would accept at that time. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, there'd yeah. be no bodies in this story. There'd be no Hank almost getting put into Yeah, date. why tell her? I'm, I yeah, him. and then she like would find out, and that would be it. That's I think where he would fall into the trap. Yeah, he would. That's absolutely what some the what will do. Yeah, and it's interesting to see you know Skyler's arc of kind of becoming a little bit more like Walt, uh, getting a little more involved in things she shouldn't be, as kind of Walt rubbing off on his family, Walt having an effect on this family because all of the things she's doing is because Walt is lying to her, Walt is pushing her toward it. A lot of this is Walt's fault, uh-huh. and for and for Skyler to start reaping some of those consequences is interesting. Sure. Uh, then we go back to, well, I don't know. Maybe I should. How we should think, comment a little bit about this scene because the performances in this scene. I was going to say I, before you unbelievable moved on, from um, Anna Gunn and Brian Cranston. Anna just, Gunn, I thought, wow. Uh, I don't know because. <laughs> Did you think it was a little too much? Like she was a little too um, self-indulgent and I don't think so. I don't. But I could see a certain person watching this and be like, okay, I'm on your side, but you're now driving me away by being so smug and smarmy about ending a relationship. Like it's less sad and more like I've got you by the balls and fuck. Just put yourself in that situation. You've and, been and being give lied three, to. Give you yourself three or four weeks to coldly think about this yes. and emotionally move on. And, and remember had, all the lies and roll them around in your head. And, and you've just, had all the cries and you want to come in here this relation. You want to come in here decisive. Yeah. Like nothing he can say is going to change your mind. Yeah. It, it works for me. I mean, and, she just shut him up. Like, yeah. That is not Walt's style to just go out quietly, but he had no other choice here. And the, the the best is when she lowered the hammer about his mom, and she said, yes. thanks for that, too. <laughs> that, you know. Because I love talking to your mom. Yeah, and having this conversation it. where she found out you had, that was a treat. That that was really great. Really great. Yeah. Can't say enough good stuff about Anna Gunn and Brian Cranston in this scene. Uh, then we go back to air traffic control, where Q is somehow distracted by his grief. Is he, or is he... Is it possible that, that he, he meant to crash those planes? Is deliberately doing this? No, God, no. Why would he do that? Come up with some lash out. <laughs> He's been repressing this. He's grief. angry at the world. He, yeah, 
Yeah, is people gonna, do is this shit all the time. Get into his daughter's closet and get her wardrobe of all black. I'm just saying when paint I was murals when above I, his bed. <laughs> it's you know one of my mini, one of my many problems with this is that it's so impossible for this to happen. Okay. There's multiple safeguards built into the individual planes, the pilot training, the air traffic control system, the air traffic controller themselves that. I would be I'd actually be more comfortable if he did do this something maliciously to just and in and, and some kind of mad frustration with the world. But you're saying it couldn't happen anyway, so what no, is that? I'm not saying like matter? I don't I don't know that an air traffic controller couldn't maliciously direct traffic. I think that the uh if I understand it, their aircraft warning inside the aircrafts themselves would alert the pilots and their standard operating procedure is to make uh, two opposed, like, you know, one guy turns left, one guy turns right, one guy dives, one guy goes. So it's like, no matter, it, it's like, like you know, it's instinct that you're going to do the thing that saves you in this circumstance. Okay, I can see that. Um, But it's more plausible if I have one of the more important safeguards completely bypassing it, uh, and he's a senior air traffic controller. I don't know if it's possible, but if he was doing something deliberate, and that's why he was so sweaty... Like if he was just in some that's, kind of that's, uh, I'm going to say that is certainly not what's happening here. Well, it doesn't. He doesn't seem emotionally at that. He doesn't seem angry. But then again, he does seem just very det- detached. That's my whole and point. And he's giving he's, deliberate orders to these people that he is like he's giving but, commands. But, but, but for listen them. to what he's saying. At one point, instead of saying Juliet, he says Jane. Like yeah, uh-huh. he he is very much in his head about Jane. There is no way he's doing this maliciously. I don't think so either. I'm just saying okay. I wish he was. Hmm. All the right. only thing I wish I wish a ATC controller would. Uh, I, <laughs> I I think I because then I would I don't know something because it's just a combination of just how hard to believe that this would actually happen mm-hmm. at a at a major airport. How it just in, in an overwalt house, yeah, you know, smack dab above it, landing his plane, and the fact that really the big thing is this is a bait and switch. This is a deliberate wanting us to believe one thing mm-hmm. and setting up all the facts for us to draw these conclusions. And it feels like we're being punished. Like, how dare you use your brain to kind of come to a conclusion because we're going to pull something completely out of our ass that is not, you know, um, Vince Gilligan made a joke in his interview with Al, um, Alan Sepinwall because Alan said this felt kind of like Deuce X, uh, uh, Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Uh, you know, God from the machine, he said it's like, dia- I think he said it's like diabolic ex machina. Like it's like the devil from the machine. Hmm. Like we pulled Satan out of this contraption. Um, but I don't know, man. I don't, I, I hate the usual suspects for the same reason. Hmm. Like, you know, you compare the usual suspects where the director is lying to you the entire time. And then in the yeah. final minute, it's like, look, I lied to you this whole time. Ha ha ha. Yeah, versus yeah, yeah. Sixth Sense, where I'm telling then a story. Then you start to feel like Skylar. <laughs> and compared that to Sixth Sense, where it's like, I'm telling a story, it has a twist, but I'm playing with all my cards open on the table. Yeah. And the amazing thing is, you don't see it until, and then it's obvious afterwards. Yeah. This is not like when when I was watching it, I'm like, I'm looking for tells. There's no tell. This yeah, looks no, like you're a. Right. It, it's a crime scene investigation after an explosion happens. We, um, I guess I don't want to harp on this, but I think it's <laughs> bullshit. So, it's bullshit, and you can excise this 20 minutes out of the season, and it's 
it's so much better on from an artistic and emotional level. It's not distracting. I don't know why he did it. So I th- I think I know th- there there are two strokes at the end of this. I'm I'm not going to argue that it is not likely impossible and I'm not going to argue that it is a bait and switch because I think it is both of those things. Um what I am going to say I like about this is the way it ties his it it ties this carnage that he is reaping uh on society into a into his family personally because where that bear lands that bear landing in his pool as a representation of the damage uh right after his wife and family have just left him i think that is a very a very good thing to do thematically hmm. i think that that ties it in both the larger picture and the smaller picture the macro and the micro here is it worth it uh, did, did, did that? That's a fair question. That's the thing. <laughs> like, uh, there, I could see that's a slight upside with a big the downside that I've already laid, and I just wonder if you know it's worth taking that creative risk. And they also might be right. Like, Maybe it's not. Seem like it's expensive as hell. Like mm-hmm. you know, all that went into staging this at the end with the computer effects and the aerial photography and all that stuff. Yeah, no, the the. The photography is really good. No, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't even know how they got that shot, like, of the bear falling. Like, I imagine they probably didn't drop something over the city. that They wouldn't allow them to do that. No, I, like, like I said, I, I think I felt like even, I, I said aerial photography, I wouldn't be surprised if that whole thing was digital somehow. CG, yeah. Just to Google Maps, zoom in. Well, that's really <laughs> good. I got to say, it's really good CG for basic cable. Yeah. Like, that's very impressive technical effects. And in a um, season where Breaking Bad wasn't that popular. It's yeah. not probably not getting the budget that it gets in the last couple of seasons. Sure. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I just I still uh, it it's amazing how much that impacted my opinion of the overall season. Um, because yeah. now it's like I don't know how to contextualize season two <laughs> because it's got um you know it's 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 still Breaking Bad telling kind of these tight, very personally connected stories. And, you know, it becomes more and more larger in life, but it's got this larger than life thing that happens at the end. It's such a coincidence and it's, it's kind of an artistic misfire for me. I don't I don't know how I don't know how I'd rank it against other seasons hmm. at this point. Well, I have a choice. Quote I certainly from think I'll tell you what. Yeah, I think that season two, I used to put season two at the bottom. I think now season one is at the bottom, not because it's terrible, <laughs> but because it's six is it six, seven episodes long. Yeah, seven episodes long. And uh, season two is just better in every way. I agree. It, I, it's not. I, you know, I it's keep hard. on saying I, when I say that, I feel like I'm taken away from season one. Season two had more emotional connections, more interesting stories, more genuine suspense, more of everything good that we love about Breaking Bad. I think that's natural. I mean, it's hard to get that in a season one just because we don't have as much investment in the characters or the plot or anything like that. You're still building that world. And but, in season two, you can really play on the things that you've already established in really interesting ways. But ultimately, your more obsessed fans that are trying to piece together the meanings from this, I think, are going to feel, I, I think, are going to ultimately feel betrayed by what happened. Yeah. And that's a shame. I can buy that. That's a shame, uh, you know, that he, because he wanted to, uh, seems like the big justification is he wanted something that, that showed real showmanship. He used the word showmanship in these interviews a lot. Hmm. And that maybe he learned something because I don't think there was a lot of showy just for show 
things that weren't directly connected to I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know what to say. I feel like the rest of the show they I still they hate built, they built hate the, this part of it. I feel like in the rest of the show they built those showy displays on top of really solid skeletons. Yes. And here it was it was more the artsy show and so unnecessary that they we were doing. already had with Donald and Walt and Skyler breaking up and yeah. Jesse's reaction. We already yeah. were shook up and shattered enough. There the whites breaking up is a hell of a f- season finale is a hell of a cliffhanger. I'm with you. What is this going to do? Um, but yeah, I guess I don't know what to say. I, I think I've said my piece. <laughs> All right. Vince Gilligan knows what to say. He has an opinion on the pink bear. Bring it. He says, uh, he, he was asked well, what's with the pink bear. Uh, what is it? And, and specifically what is with that eyeball, uh, that gets sucked into the filter. He says, I guess if you're holding my feet to the fire, what should I do? Dan Carlin voice? I guess if you're holding my feet to the fire, but it would be a country. Yeah, I can't do it. I guess if you're holding my feet to the fire, what it means to me is the eye of God on Walt, if not necessarily judging him, nonetheless watching him, keeping tabs on him. So he kind of has this idea that this is not necessarily a punishment for Walt. It's just the, it's God saying, like, it, it's not an act of God saying you've done a bad thing. It's just God saying, I'm here. I see what you're doing. That God. I know. What a wild and crazy he, guy. He, he is a, you know, he has a surprisingly dry sense of humor. <laughs> he yeah. does. Yeah. 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 Some people would say 167 uh, people dying would be a tragedy, but. Sure. The Ten Commandments. I mean, that's, that's pretty funny, God. You're pretty funny. Uh, Throwing a few in there that nobody really cares about. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say that I haven't already said. Yeah. I, I just wanted to get, you know, a little perspective from the Villigan himself. Uh, uh I, I what, read a lot of people of that love that part. I mean, I've, I could see your, you seem like you're a neutral, like it didn't, didn't bother me. Didn't it, it just, it's it far-fetched. It's, it's just another piece of the kind of like the texture of the show. Okay. But I see the problems with it, but I also see the things that he was trying to do with it, um, beyond, the implausible and or the deceptive, but that, there's like that the, are interesting. The AV Club review just was gushing about this and the really? fiery cataclysm and the judgment from God and like all this stuff and and how much they loved it. And I just was, hmm. you know, talking about their jaws. I my jaw was gaping at the review. I just like I I don't get it. I don't get it. Hmm. Okay, that's it, man. That's the end of the episode. Let's do some pimping, right? Yeah. Uh, so Jim and I have done something a little crazy, a little rash, a little ill-considered, except for I think we've considered it well. Ill-advised? Ill-advised, perhaps. Maybe. Who perhaps. knows? Who knows? That's uh, up to you guys. That's up to you, whether whether this is a success or failure. So I'm putting it on your shoulders, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, Way to shift the I'm, burden. <laughs> I'm totally, totally crab walking away from this blame. Uh, we, we rolled our own kind of... Uh, uh, crowdsourced podcast funding system. It's called Club Bald Move. You can find it at club.baldmove.com. You know, we've had a lot. We've had Kickstarters. We've had Patreons. We've had subbable stuff. Uh, we've been, uh, you know, each one is instrumental to the success that we are to this point, to getting us here. Uh, however, we haven't been completely pleased with everything. We have especially been unhappy with the fact that we've got two separate, unequal, loosely coupled um, payment platforms 
Yeah. And we also, when we were doing our, you know, we don't like, we didn't like the tier system of, of, of Patreon. Cause every time we came up with a new type of content, it's like, well, what tier we put it in? Do we need a more expensive tier? And you start rapidly coming to the conclusion that if we are wanting this premium content to be some of our best work, some of our funniest stuff, some of the stuff that we want to make for the fans that just can't give it, get enough, we want as many people as possible to see it. So to do this, we decided that we just going to flatten everything and we're going to make – there are going to be no more tiers. There aren't going to be a $1 tier, a $3 tier, a $5 tier. You're going to have one and it's going to be one low price of a dollar a month. And mm-hmm. then we found out how much it, credit cards take out of processing a <laughs> dollar and we're like, all right, $2 a month. <laughs> then we found – no. $2 a month. Uh, but you can still get it for a dollar a month if you buy it a year at a time. For 12 bucks, you can get a whole year's subscription to Club Ball Move. The other thing that's cool about this is it's very tightly integrated with our systems. Um, yeah. Uh, it's going to be automatic. When you sign up, you automatically get access to VIP forums. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going to see our our premium content on our front page. And if you try to click there, if you're not a Club Ball Move member, it'll say, hey, sign up. Or if you are, log in, boom, you've got it. You don't have to go to a separate site. Um, we've got a lot of new types of content coming up, not just the live. Uh, we've got the live watches mm-hmm. coming out that we've been debuting. We've done one for Justified, one for Americans. One for The Walking Dead. We're probably going to be doing that the rest of the season. Uh, we've got these um, animated skits that we're doing, like the skit versions of stuff we do in The Walking Dead. We're going to do those on more shows this year. Lots of premium content. Our podcasts are free. They're always going to be free. Uh, but this extra stuff that we're doing, uh, we want to make it special. We want to make it fun for everybody. We want to make it affordable that everybody that wants it can get it mm-hmm. um, and an easy way to support us. You know, Amazon is still important and encourage you to still help us thieve away them pennies from from Bezos. But we're, we're trying to make this work and trying to get it on our own. Um, it's an experiment. Uh, this price point is extremely aggressive <laughs> and it's predicated yeah. on, um, you know, three to five percent of our audience seeing the benefit and and signing up for it uh if we get that then these numbers will work if not we might have to adjust the price um you know in the, in the coming months to make it work but we we wanted to make it make it really fan friendly anyone sitting out and like eh, i don't support podcast or eh, i just don't know if it's worth five bucks to watch these jackasses occasionally when i can we want to make it an easy no-brainer decision for you um so mm-hmm. it's a great way to support the podcast uh, it's, it's a great way to get extra content and extra level of engagement with us. Um, a couple of questions we get are what's going to happen to subable balances. We don't know exactly for sure. Um, but we are going to somehow preserve those and we are going to have a analogous system on club bald move where you can continue to save up for your commission podcast. It's not our intention to just take all that subable money you've banked and just vaporize it. Yeah. We, we're not going to do that. Real dick move if we did that. That'd be a real dick move. Yeah. That's we we you know we joke about being assholes and dicks, but honestly, <laughs> we spend a lot of time thinking about how we can make your guys's life better and more fun. Uh, yeah, more than we do so for our own lives for sure. Um, <laughs> and, and if a buck a month doesn't seem like that, then I don't know what we could do. Yeah, right? that's a strong argument. <laughs> yeah, that's a strong argument for like you know why can't we get it's a it's a buck a month. Yeah. You know? Now you can give more. Like we know that a lot of people wrote in and said, hey. If you go with the system, am I only going to be able to give a buck a month? Well, no, you can't give more, but we wanted to make the base price so low that right. anybody who wants it can get it. It's a pay what you go with a floor because 
taking yeah. a penny of their credit card would be ridiculous. But we would lose money doing. We would that. lose something like we would thirty pay eight 30 cents something. or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, uh, it's it's super easy. Go to club.baldmove.com. Uh, you're in and out. It accepts PayPal. We're going to be adding a couple more payment systems uh, in the near future. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think. Uh, if you got any problems, we're, we're trying to be really on the ball about uh, proactively solving those for you. So uh, check it out, club.baldmove.com, and we thank you in advance for checking it out. Why don't we get to some feedback? Uh, okay. We have Barry C. said, Thanks for doing Series 2. I'd forgotten just how strong it was, so this rewatch is really enjoyable. I know how strongly Aaron feels about the whole fish NATO feel about Walt indirectly causing two planes to collide. Collide. However, do you think maybe the Villigan put that in there just on the off chance the show got canceled, as you have informed us almost happened for three series? Apparently, I didn't get this off Reddit. I got this off of my feedback from Barry C. I guess so. It strikes me as a good way of showing that there really was evil consequences to Walt's actions that the show did get canceled, meaning it did have some sort of way of bookending the show, while at the same time making it easy to completely ignore if the show got picked up again so we can see a more gradual development of Mr. Chips' Scarface. Um... Yeah, again, I think that's the best theory, that this was him. If it's got it in, I'm going to go big. I'm going to make this big metaphysical statement. I'm Mm -hmm. going to take away his family. I'm going to take away most of his money because most of that went to his surgery or to Jesse. And then I'm going to give him, if that's not enough, I'm going to rain fire down on him. That would have worked. But yeah, as a guy guess, just watching the show and like just eating up Breaking Bad and thinking in the final episode, you know, being reminded once again, like, oh, this invented body bags and how is this going to, uh, you know, just it felt like the rug getting pulled out from underneath me as a fan. Yeah. So it, it would have been a shame, man, if the show ended there because I feel like this got fire. This would have gotten firefly in a way, you know, like wrap it up, boys. This is it. You get an episode to do it. <laughs> You get a movie to do it. That's it. It would be intriguing to think about, like, if Breaking Bad had concluded in a series of, like, a trilogy of movies that roughly corresponded to the plots of the final three seasons. Yeah, I don't know. In an alternate universe with a big budget, like, how intense that would have been. Yeah, cramming in those three seasons into six hours would have been tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael McBee said, uh, first note, name game from last week's episode, Jane was born in Phoenix. We talked about that. Now that's, I think we talked about the spoiler section. Now that's out of the way. Just want to point out some observations I had about Walt at the flop house. If you pay attention to Walt's expression to everything, when he enters, he shows this expression of disdain for all the inhabitants showing how he has elevated himself, uh, elevated view of himself, huh. viewing all of them as below him, having a total disconnect on the realization that his product is part of the problem for these people, either making them land here or close to it. And then there's his reaction to finding Jesse. You can clearly see he's excited to see that he is alive, but as Jesse has his meltdown, you see Walt instantly confused as to what to do, being confronted by such sm- uh, strong emotion before trying to console him as best as he could, and peeking when it comes to telling Jesse not to blame himself. Hmm... Where did Walt get such great talent for passing blame on other things? Uh, so that's kind of the point that I had as well. Yeah, Walt- there, there's a lot in that flop house that we didn't talk about. I mean, just I remember when You're talking about like the most icely cantina crew of characters. You had a dude with a donut embedded in his head, and yeah, you got the guy who he first meets at the door, and people are like, "Oh, that's a mirror image of Walter White." If he were to use his own stuff, and I, I don't really buy that. Nah, uh, 
but who knows who knows that might be there hmm. but yeah i think it's far more effective as he says about you know this being a representation of the damage walt's doing and he doesn't even notice that uh josh p said here are my thoughts on jane's death if walt didn't help her if it were my son or daughter throwing her life away i'd let their boyfriend or girlfriend die if it meant uh <laughs> Uh, sparing them from that kind of life. Granted, my kids are two years and four months old, but still I wouldn't think twice about it. So let's say you want to argue that Walt doesn't truly care for Jesse like a son. Okay, whatever life is in store for Jesse because of Walt, be it a meth cook, dealer, murderer, or an addict, I would argue that it's a far better life than one he would live with Jane. A life of stealing, fucking, and possibly killing for or because of that next hit. So Walt, uh, debatable. Uh, we'll roll her over. Then Bonnie and Clyde had it good until they went out, right? <laughs> then that makes him as responsible for his death as the heroine, uh, the heroine cr- uh, coursing through her veins or the vomit that chokes her. She chose to get fucked up beyond belief because she's a junkie. She would have been dead in six months, a year tops. I'm giving Walt a pass here. Sure, he's evil, manipulative, a sociopath, but in my opinion, Jane's blood is not on his hands. Hmm. Well, I disagree with that last statement, but I kind of agree with a lot of that. I think that it depends. I think that there is multiple levels of like blood being on Walt's hands. Okay. Um, what do you mean? Well, there's the literal, like it's unarguable that if he hadn't turned Jane over, she'd still be alive. Yes. And yes, maybe she's dead in six months or maybe her dad picks him up and guilts him into this thing. Or maybe they have a change of heart at the airport or cause I don't know. Uh, that's, that's the interesting thing about death. It's fin- final. Mm-hmm. It's finality. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I, she's dead. She's never going to be able to get herself clean. Uh, people get themselves clean all the time. So I don't know. It's hard for me to say to Walt yeah. is blameless. Yeah. Oh no, I would absolutely disagree with anyone who says that. However, uh... I do agree at the point that if that was my son, and I was in that exact same situation, I'd be sorely tempted to do the same thing. Okay. If I saw someone destroying his life. So anyway, uh, you have a take on that? No, no, I don't have kids. So I don't feel like I'm qualified to talk about that. Liz G said, I have no problem with plane crash or the hints laid out leading up to that reveal. The plane crash, in my opinion, is one more example of the wreckage and devastation that Walt is causing as he manufactures meth. Mm hmm. Um, I want to raise a point again. If Walter was not, or if Skylar was not pregnant, she would leave Walt. Hmm. Skylar had the opportunity to review all that happened after Walt slipped and mentioned the second cell phone while under sedation. Skylar conducted a thorough investigation after she had the baby. She even admitted that she had to believe the fugue state story because she is about to give birth. Who would make something like that up? Her anger was so controlled. That's a good point. That she, you know, that Liz was repping the fact that if she wasn't pregnant, she might have left Walt yeah. earlier. And she's saying that this is all evidence of once she gotten, you know, she didn't have the baby brain going on anymore and all that. And she's had time to think about it, that she made a quick, decisive decision. It was a great scene mm-hmm. as she had packed her bag and told Walt to get out. How scared she must have been to realize $100,000 had come into their home and paid the doctor bills. and have no idea where the money came from. Like she told him as she drove off, she's afraid to hear what Walt had to tell her. Um, so that is pretty much the end of the feedback until we oh. get to the spoiler section. Wow. I didn't have a lot this year. That we... was super short. Mm-hmm. Surprising. Okay. 
Uh, well then, let's uh, let's do an outro and get out of here. Okay, go to the the spoiler section. Uh, we I don't know when we're gonna come back. Uh, the best way to f- uh, keep in touch with us is to uh, follow us on facebook.com slash bald move or on Twitter at bald move. Cause that's when you'll see uh, our release schedule posted. Check out baldmove.com. Uh, keep participating in the forums. Um, you know, we'll, we, we won't just spring it on you. We'll probably announce it a couple weeks in advance, do a, a season preview cast, uh, get some feedback going and then go on to season three. Do, do we decide that if we got a bunch of feedback, for this season, we were going to do a wrap-up cast. I would be shocked if we got enough feedback. Although I don't know, I'd spit a lot of fire about this. Stupid this was plane too crash. small of a feedback section for for us to have done a full episode on it. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like five minutes. You, I would be shocked at the rate of feedback we got if we had enough to scrape together a wrap-up. Okay. If, so don't expect one because that's the thing. Every time we say, "Well, maybe we'll maybe one," then we get a bunch of emails from people saying, "What happened to the wrap-up?" Probably won't be a wrap up. Um, if we get a little bit of feedback, we could consider that when we come back next season. Um, yeah, but uh, I could be shocked. I could like all this stuff I'm saying about the plane crash could like bring people out of the woodworks. And I can, I'll take up. y'all on. Come on, I'll take y'all. But uh, if unless that happens, then uh, if you want to make it happen, you can you, you can email us at breakinggood at baldmove.com. Okay, and maybe we'll be back in a week or two. Sure, or hit us on the forums. All that. Uh, Twitter, Facebook. That's it. We'll see you guys in the spoiler section if you want to stay until then. If not, see you next year. Uh, until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See you. And we're back with the spoiler section. What do we have this week? Uh... Something I've been saving for weeks and weeks and weeks. Michael P. sent in. Um, he it was an image of Holly in season five, dressed up in a pink bear outfit. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, the last of the, I believe, pink bear Easter eggs. I mean, we see the eyeball rolling around. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, for yeah. for seasons and seasons. I want to kind of talk about. The God's eye watching Walt, because that certainly was a recurring motif. Yeah. And, you know, we talked of, um, in previous spoiler sections about Don Eladio's eyeball necklace mm-hmm. and, like, all this eyeball imagery. Uh, what did you have to talk about, spoiler-wise? Because you said you had a couple things. Uh, I had one thing, which is not very significant, but in, in the episode Rabbit Dog, I think it's season four, mm-hmm. uh, or potentially 5A, I don't remember exactly. Uh, the the pink teddy bear can be seen shot through Walt's car up in a tree, huh. just like hanging out up in a tree. Interesting. I don't know. Interesting. It's weird. Uh, but that was one of the Easter eggs. I mean, it shows up in a lot of places. It showed up last episode in Phoenix, actually. Right. Uh, it was just on the ground. I thought it was cool how um. You would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if it turns out that that damn pink bear is in every episode of the season. Maybe so. I'm not saying that is, but I wouldn't be surprised that 20 years from now, someone has found that, you know, a Tyler Durden style collection of pink bear imagery throughout this because it's in a lot. Yeah. Um, I I thought it was interesting. Skylar at the end, her angry, just please, Walt, do me the courtesy of not denying it. Mm-hmm. It took a long time, but in Felina, he finally did. 
said, you know, come clean and said, I, I didn't do it just for the, for the family. I did it for me because it felt good and I was good at it. Yeah. And in this episode, for a brief second, he spares her. He doesn't he doesn't say, oh, Skylar, I did it like I did these things or right. lie to her anymore. He just shuts up. Right. But that's been her whole thing. Like, will you know, from, from yeah. the very beginning of the series, like, don't shut me out. Don't. You know, don't keep these things from me. And yes. he's done it all se- series. And he finally comes ultimately clean with her in the very last season, mm-hmm. the very last episode, <laughs> which was a big moment that they earned. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that Walt, to begin next, next season, kind of expects this. He's got this interesting relationship with the plane crash. And then we forget the plane crash to ever happen, except for maybe a lapel pin that Saul wears throughout the different seasons. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but I, f- I felt like he had this thing where the plane crash would magically make everything okay or would change Skylar's mind, if I recall correctly. Hmm. Do you remember that? No, I don't. But it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Like, he's <laughs> like, like, you know, of course you're, you're, you're going to change your mind because this big traumatic thing has happened and it's happened right over our house and all this stuff. Huh. Um, I also think it's interesting that what – Imagine you're Skyler and you've had this you, you've had this money and and uh, that that's come in that Walter Jr.'s raised and he's had a successful surgery and who knows how much money he's got at this point. She tells Junior that they're moving out and they're staying with a- a- Hank and Marie and then Dad's going to move out. Uh-huh. What does that page get shut down? Like. Some of the most tragic things that happens in season three or four is the relationship between Skyler and Junior because yeah, the way his dad manipulates that into or he doesn't even really do much, but Junior he doesn't assumes have to. a lot. That's the thing, and it's all natural assumptions, and his silence yeah. is damning. And at one point, he like calls her a bitch. Yeah, and, he does. Like he, yeah, it's really strained. And then later on, Walt starts openly catering to it. I uh-huh. mean, getting in the fancy car, and he's you know Daddy Warbucks, and she's Mama Bitch Face, and it's yeah. it's a real it's it's really gut wrenching how much shit Skylar takes because of this this uh, thing that's, that that Walt's got going on. You're right. You're right. I think by the end of the series, it is flip flopped again. To oh, where, oh you, yeah. You know, Walt is very much back on her his mother's side. Yeah, Walt uh, Jr. Flynn. He, Flynn. Yeah, he's in full on Flynn mode too. So at the end of the season. I'm, I'm happy to see that it doesn't stay that way forever, right? Like the relationship between mother and son there is not totally just destroyed. No, uh, it's salvageable at least. Sure, but yeah, playing that is uh, that that's a that's a, a terrible game they're playing with the family there. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. You know, Gus hiding in plain sight. We know how deep that goes. Like, you know, Mer- um, yeah, the yeah. special agent in charge, Merker, loses his job over it because he's. Mm-hmm. we see pictures of him holding, going on fishing expeditions with Gus. I mean, Gus has been all up in law enforcement's business, again, yep. hiding in plain sight. And this is the introduction of Mike. The introduction, introduction of, Mike. of the famous Mike. I mean, he's such a big part of the show going forward. And the dude doesn't look like he's aged a day for better or worse. In he's, Better the Call Saul. Sa- he's the same dude in this episode as he is in Better Call Saul last this week that we saw. All right. I, mean, I think he looks a little bit older, but not, not much. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he's got a little more of the jowl thing going on. I think uh, John Banks might be a little slimmer. Maybe. Maybe he lost some weight. Uh, can, it can make you maybe look wrinkly, but I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I mean, 
I don't know. I thought, so, yeah, just the mannerisms he had and the the way he dealt with Jesse here. Uh, oh yeah, he very much acts like Mike through and through the yeah, whole time. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's nice to see all these little pieces being put in place for what we know is the outcome of this. Yeah, but that's the other thing that frustrates me that the plane crash, just nothing really comes of it. It was a big yeah. showy moment in the middle of Breaking Bad history that is quickly forgotten. And... Are, are you? But aren't you kind of glad that that's the case too? If they had pinned a whole bunch of the plot on this plane crash, wouldn't that have annoyed you more? I don't know. I did, my gut reaction would be yes, of course. Okay, but I have been surprised by other shows where they, you know, I frustrated with a certain plot line and where it's going, but where it ultimately goes, the destination was as much part of getting, or the the journey was as much part of getting there as the destination. Okay, so if they put this out there and boom, deal with it, and then they started making that somehow i don't know how they would do it but if they mm-hmm. somehow made that more meaningful and connected to the overall plot so it was something that was vital going forward mm-hmm. maybe i would have learned to love it i, I w- i'm surprised I've, that you wouldn't have like i've a never seen reaction. this episode like I, I, oh. until today i've only seen this episode once that's how yeah. bad i had a visceral rea- visceral reaction so you did kind of do the skyler where you saw it you had a, uh, a summer to mull it over or a winter i guess in this case <laughs> Uh, you just kept thinking, oh, man, I hated that fucking plane crash. Uh-huh. And then when they come back for season three, if they had continued to lie to you all about this plane crash, hmm. you might have eventually well, that's, that's left the other thing I want to talk about. So well, that's my final bullet point here. Okay. Um, we open in season three with the cousins and their Armani suits and their awesome cowboy boots crawling through the desert to this weirdo shrine. With... Believe it or not, I have more of a problem with those characters than I do with this plane crash. I I was I I was really close to checking out until about until one minute happened. Okay. Um, because I'm like these guys, I just do not buy on. In- and it's they're weird. not characters; they're caricatures. They are. They're caricatures, yeah. and they're, it's like is if, if Breaking Bad is going to be more and more larger in life and more and more ungrounded in reality. Yes, and and I, which is funny, um, because I think I've seen a lot of their episodes multiple times since then, and I didn't have that reaction. Um, hmm. and then I actually met the um. Uh, Mankata, the Mankata brothers, brothers yeah. and they were super cool. And you know, talking about their experiences, and that's softened me up, I'm sure, a little bit more. Yep, that's why we don't do interviews. That's big, <laughs> damn straight. Um, but there is, I have to say, I think part of it was the bad taste in my mouth coming from that plane crash directly into the cousins. I Maybe, think yeah. the other way, I was prejudiced against big showy things. Yeah, um, you know. And, and uh, you know, honestly, I think the other thing that developing uh, Tio, uh-huh. where they had that awesome flashback scene of him damn near drowning one of them, um, that gave them depth to their performance and, and kind of like a, a behind the scenes look at like Tuco and how they were raised. Um, they did continue to add layers to that family situation and finding out about that family and how it's they true. grew up and mm-hmm. and their code of honor that also has helped rehabilitate them. So they kind of did... The plane crash didn't help the cousins. Yeah. But I think ultimately where they took that storyline with the cartel has that make a lot more sense. Yeah, I still think they're caricatures to a large degree. I suspect you're right. Uh, But do you think that one minute makes up for that? Man, one minute is good. 
I, I don't feel like you needed caricatures to come after Hank. You could have had characters come after Hank. You could have had real, solid, actual characters go after him. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was arguing that maybe they were. But that, that's I know, they, they, do add le- they do add layers to them, but I, I still view them as... Like if like, Tuco had the, stayed in Mexico... The shark skin suits, the pointed boots with the skulls on the front, that is very larger than life and flamboyant, and those things kind of take me out of this very grounded story in a man and his family, you know? I'm just thinking of, like, what would Tuco have turned out if he'd stayed off the meth, if he'd stayed in, in Mexico, if he'd stayed living in Don Eladio's mansion, uh, you know, and we're in that culture where, you know, fucking shit is crazy in Mexico. Like, it's... Tuco? No, I'm talking about the the gangster culture down there. The drug cartel culture is is kind of flamboyant, larger than life, and crazy. And maybe so. That's the other I, thing is I was yeah. you know I I came off watching Breaking Bad right after I fresh got you know fell off the turnip, turnip truck of the Jehovah's Witness cult. And as I know more and more about the world, that stuff still that yes, it's larger than life, and yes, they are a caricature, but it's a character I believe in a lot more than a random plane crash over the protagonist slash antagonist's house. Okay. Yeah, I, I I get where you're coming from. Uh, and I'm not I saying just, that just to kiss Luisa and Daniel's ass. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think you defended that pretty well. Yeah. Um, I I just still have a problem with th- these people being not as not as interesting or deep as they could have been. Well, they, I mean, it, it, every other character in the show is you're right. so well fleshed out. Do you think that was a you little just bit? now have these Terminators coming in and it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right within Breaking Bad. They certainly didn't feel like they came out of Albuquerque, but they, well, they didn't. didn't. No, <laughs> I know. I know. That's what my next question was, is like, do you think that was a little bit of like maybe that's Vince, why Vince is like, you know what? This is my one chance to get away from Walt, to get away from Gus, mm-hmm. to get away from the low-level guys that probably were too crazy to make it. Like, I, I want to have, like, a movie villain, a memorable villain, and I also know I'm going to dispense with them in the middle in favor of going with the Gus. Yeah, but I... It doesn't... Mm. You're right. It's like, this. it's... It, that doesn't make it all right. No, it doesn't. It's just like, <laughs> yes, I can see all these things about the plane crash, but it still, for me, doesn't make it right. I feel you because that's exactly my reaction, and um, I've seen a lot of those episodes since then. Maybe if they had had them talk, like I, I, they just didn't feel like real people. The no talking thing was a little bit of that. It might have been just that. You're right, because it wasn't just a suit. It wasn't just that. Just, I mean, I don't look at Jesse and say that's an impossible character because people dress like that. Yeah, people dress like these twins. But the fact that they come in completely silent and they're only there to kill you. They, and the Terminator was a perfect example. They are the the Latin American they're Terminator. They're a Terminator without the, the punchlines, without the, the quips. Sure. And that's like, I, I don't know. It feels less real at that point. Mm. Yeah. I don't well, know. We'll the, talk about that a lot in season three, I'm sure. Sure. We'll have a, a lot to say. I would I would love to reach out to the brothers to get an interview with them because they're super entertaining and they have a lot yeah. of uh funny behind the scenes stories and Yeah. I mean, uh also like I just, just from a sheer ball standpoint, the stunt they did with that truck was if you watch the making of, of that and talk to them, that was a lot more fraught with peril. Uh and yeah. just, you know, they didn't have a plan B if they didn't get that one take. And uh-huh. that was also a uh that was a uh 
Brian Cranston director directorial special. It was. So it was. Uh, they they uh, uh, hell of a job in that particular scene. So we'll see. Um, I'm really interested to see how I continue to evolve with their characters because I have turned yeah. it around a little bit, although. And I haven't rewatched it. Yeah. So that's your plane crash to cousins. Kinda. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, we should be. Uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting to talk about when we get it will to be. it. Yep. Stay tuned. Some un- unannounced time in the future. Yep. That's it. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Yep. Bye-bye.